Good morning, everybody. Praise the Lord. Um, glory to God. <clears throat> great to see you all today in church. Amen. Um, so let's pray today. Father, we just thank you for your word. And I just pray this message will encourage people, that it will uh, lift them and uh, help all of us, Lord God, to be more sensitive uh, to the opportunities you bring our way in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, the title of the message is Opportunity Knocks. And I want to start with a story that might give us some perspective on what I'm talking about today. A, a local business was looking for office help and put up a sign saying, Help wanted. Must be able to type, must be good with a computer, and must be bilingual. We are an equal opportunity employer. A short time afterwards, a golden retriever dog trotted up to the window, saw the sign and went inside. He looked at the receptionist and wagged his tail, then walked over to the sign, looked at it and whined. Getting the idea, the receptionist got the office manager. The office manager looked at the dog and was surprised to say the least. However, the dog looked determined. So he led him into the office. Inside, the dog jumped up on the chair and stared at the manager. The manager said, I can't hire you. The sign says you have to be able to type. The dog jumped on, went over to the typewriter, and proceeded to type out a perfect letter. He took the page and trotted over to the manager and gave it to him, then jumped back on the chair. The manager was stunned. But then he told the dog, well, the sign says you have to be good with a computer. The dog jumped down again, went to the computer. The dog proceeded to, proceed to demonstrate his expertise with various programs, um, you know, Microsoft Word, Excel, uh, even PowerPoint. He produced a sample spreadsheet and database and presented them to the manager. By this time, the manager was totally dumbfounded. He looked at the dog and said, I realize you're a very intelligent dog and you have some really fascinating abilities. However, I still can't give you the, dog, the, the job. The dog jumped on and went to the copy of the sign and put his paw on the part about them being an equal opportunity employer. The manager said with a rather smug smile on his face, yes, but the sign also says you have to be bilingual. The dog looked at him and said, meow. And sometimes, just like that dog, you may feel like you're not being given the opportunities that you desire or deserve. But you know what? The reality is this. The truth is, opportunity is all around us if only we realize it. And, you know, I pray that God will open our eyes today. You know, because, like I said, there are opportunities all around us. Opportunities to find love. You know, to bring hope, to glorify God, to serve and encourage others. Opportunities to start a family or a business, to create a legacy and to ultimately build a better life. But you know, most people miss opportunity because it doesn't look easy. But ultimately, there is no progress without pain. And, and we must understand that because, you know, Ephesians 1:18 says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. It's not talking about our physical eyes. It's talking about the eyes of our spirit. And Paul prayed that. He said, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know the hope of your calling and the riches of the glory of the inheritance that is yours in Christ. And so this message is simply about you, about all of us, allowing God to open 
our eyes to see the challenges that, uh, you know, all, uh, that are around us and maybe to see those challenges in a different light. Amen. And hopefully enable us to be ready for and uh, recognize and to re- ultimately realize, uh, you know, these God-ordained opportunities that invariably come our way. Amen. Because it, this is the thing, you know, some of you literally have opportunities staring you in the face and you don't realize it. Amen. And so for some of you, it may be a future spouse or a career or a calling or an opportunity to get wealth that you've thus far been blinded to. And yes, the Bible does say that God gives us the power to get wealth, that his covenant may be established. It's not so that we may, you know, accumulate and accumulate and be greedy. God has caused us, he wants us to be blessed so we can be a blessing. Amen? And, and remember, if, if you're broke, you can't bless anybody. And I think that's important to keep that perspective. You know, like I said, there are extremes on, on, on both sides of the fence. But you know, there is a balance in in that area, but the Bible says that in, uh, I want to read it here, Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18, and it says, and you shall remember the Lord your God, and, and again, we just had an opportunity to give in the offering there, but uh, that's what we do when we remember God. It says, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, uh, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. And so, Again, many times, like I said, we're blinded to the opportunities that are around us. Let me just do a simple survey today. How many of you that are married today can say at one time, I was blinded to the person that I'm now married to? Put your hand up. Okay, one, one person. Anybody? <laughs> Two? Okay. Three? Yeah, I see. This is the thing. So sometimes we're, we're blinded to the person. Um, uh, sometimes willfully blind, but, but again, we, we just didn't see them for some reason or just didn't want to see them. You know, Joanna had me firmly locked in the friend zone for about five years. A friend of hers had given her a prophetic word that her husband would come from afar and that he would be blonde. And, um, uh, you know... That woman was full of the devil. Um, so I guess I did come from Kerry, but I'm not sure if that really qualifies. I think Joanna had somewhere kind of exotic in mind, some Scandinavian country. So I was right in front of her, you know, hey, look at me, and just, just, you know, just did not see me. Um, but you know what? The devil is a liar, but you know, true, true gods, true... <laughs> Through superhuman effort and God's grace, I persisted and finally got her attention. And now, last Tuesday, we were 22 years married with five little kitties. Glory to God. Amen. So, you know, uh, opportunity is defined as a time or set of circumstances that make it possible to do something. Uh, Webster's Dictionary defines it as a favorable juncture of circumstances, a good chance for, opportun- for advancement or progress. So again, I like that one where it's defined as a time or set of circumstances that make it possible to do something. You know, Daniel 2 verse 21 says, He changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. You see, it's God alone who changes the times and the seasons. And in those changes are God-ordained opportunities uh, for those who are sensitive enough to see them. Amen. I, I think it was the business management writer Tom Peters said, if a window of opportunity appears, don't pull down the shade. And, and, and yet, isn't that what many people do. 
when opportunity presents itself. You know, they treat opportunity as an annoyance, um, you know, and therefore uh, they miss what God wants to do in that moment. And, and like I said, they treat opportunity as annoyance simply because it comes in the form of change and involves inconvenience, okay? And so uh, I think it was Mark Twain said, opportunity is missed by mo- most people because it is dressed in overalls and looks like work. And you know, the fact is, I don't think you can have opportunity without work, amen? And that's why, again, some people seem to be allergic to work and therefore they miss what God wants to do in their lives. But you know what? Clearly, these God-ordained um, opportunities, these God-given opportunities are time-sensitive. And sadly, in many instances, these uh, times and seasons have long since passed before we even realize that there were uh, possibilities in the midst of the problems. And sometimes, you know, glorious possibilities, okay? Because this is the thing, the opportunity of a lifetime only exists for the lifetime of the opportunity. And that's what a lot of people don't seem to realize. Sometimes we think, you know, this opportunity will be here forever. It's not. And, and so, again, the, the, the opportunity of a lifetime only exists for the lifetime of that opportunity. And, you know, the reality is we don't have forever to run our race, to reach our generation, and to do God's will or to fulfill our destiny. And, and you know, the, the other thing is, nor can we assume that the freedoms that we have today that we will still have tomorrow because, you know, you look at our world today, two years down the road from, you know, the, the, the appearance of, of, of COVID and uh, so many of our freedoms have been eroded and, uh, you know, you're seeing the rise of what, in my opinion, are uh, governments that are verging on totalitarian. You look at what's happening in Australia or various parts of the world and it's certainly not democracy, whatever you want to call it. And so, again, we need to be very mindful that, you know, Jesus said, night cometh when no man can work. We need to, you know, utilize the freedom that God has given to us and, and, um, and not assume that uh, we can do the will of God some, some way down, down the road, as many people seem to think. Well, I'll serve God when I'm older. No, if you won't serve him now, uh, you won't serve him then. Uh, you know, if you won't serve him here, you won't serve him there. Amen? So, again, uh, John 9 and verse 4 in the New Living, we must uh, quickly carry out the tasks assigned to us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then no one can work. Uh, the King James, night cometh when no man can work because an opportunity can be taken or sadly it can be missed. Um, uh, again, uh, William Arthur Ward said, opportunities are like sunrises. If you wait too long, you miss them. Uh, Thomas Hobbes, uh, he was a minister, 1588 to 1679. Hell is truth seen too late. What a powerful statement. Hell is truth seen too late because everybody ultimately will come to the place where they believe in hell. Um, either as a believer where you recognize you know, the, the, the biblical uh, perspective on life, that there is a heaven, there is a hell, or uh, in, uh, you know, in eternity as those who have denied Christ, um, that you will discover it as well. But hell is truth seen too late. And so tragically, many people miss heaven simply because they assume they still have tomorrow. But in reality, we only have today, and this is why, again, Hebrews 3.15 and 4.7 says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. You know, God is dealing with us in today. Don't put off till tomorrow. 
to, to put it right, put, put things right with God. You know, don't resist the Holy Spirit's dealings with you um, uh, today. Don't miss out on the opportunity uh, to be saved, uh, you know, to, to repent, to get right with God, because, you know, we must respond to God's gracious offer of forgiveness and salvation today. Uh, Luke 12 and verse 20, but God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So again, you know, there is such a thing as too late. And this is why a, a, a today, if you hear his voice, you know, Ephesians 4.30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you're sealed to the day of redemption. Because if you will only learn to yield to the Holy Spirit, he will open your eyes to the opportunities that surround you, opportunities that many other people will be blinded to because they don't have the Holy Spirit to show them. You know, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God, Romans 8.14. We must be led in Amen. And we must be willing, because you will never listen. You will never be willing unless you are. Uh, you will never be led unless you are, are are willing. And that's why many believers are never led by God because they don't allow the Holy Spirit to lead. They're pushing their agenda, their plan, etc. And so, I'm a believer. If you want to, you know, if you want something uh, you've never had before, you have to be willing to do something you've never done before. You know, Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, we see here the call of uh, uh, Peter and Andrew, and it says, verse 18, Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two um, brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And, um, you know, fishermen were tough um, uh, people. It's interesting, we were just down in Dingle a few days ago, and we were looking at the, at the fishing vessels in in the harbor there in Dingle. And you know, a fishing vessel is very different to a yacht. A yacht, you, you know, you have beautiful, um, uh, luxurious, uh, you know, fabrics and woods and, and everything looks so nice and attractive. I mean, these things looked really like, like uh, uh, you know, they were just built out of steel. Everything was very rugged looking, very, very tough. It looked like uh, uh, some of these boats more, looked more like tanks. And, um, uh, you know, because they go out into the middle of the sea and they're fishing. Well, it's interesting, you know, the Christ, didn't call some, some soft-handed academic. Um, uh, he called these tough, burly fishermen. And, but, 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 you know, uh, Jesus didn't do anything by accident. Um, verse 19, he said to them, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their uh, nets and followed him. And, and so these men were presented with an opportunity. And uh, they, they took it. And, and, you know, they didn't take time to, to reflect or, or to, oh, I'll come back to you in, in a while, Jesus, when I've had a time to think about it. It says immediately they left their nets and followed him. And... Um, Contrast their response with another uh, man who heard the call, Matthew, uh, sorry, Mark 10, 21. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Uh, at this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. And so again, don't miss your moment. Don't miss your moment because this young man has had an eternity uh, to reflect on his mistake. You know, uh, you know he's had a, a whole eternity to, to, to think about or to regret his decision. You know, 1992, I was newly saved. I'd just come to Dublin to, to go to college, and um, uh, there was a conference on in a church, and uh, it, just as I was walking in the front door, I was presented with an opportunity because... Um, 
there was a group of, of people going out to the streets. So there was, at the same time as there was a service at 2 p.m., there was also a group of people going out at 2 p.m. Uh, to evangelize. And, you know, I had the opportunity to do something I'd never done before. I'd never been on an outreach before. I'd never uh, shared the gospel. I was newly saved. But you know what? I chose the uncomfortable option, and I went to the street. And you know, God lovingly took me outside my comfort zone and, um, and, and thus began a process and, and what's been a lifelong process really over the last 30 years of, of facing uh, my fears. And uh, you know, the rest is history. You know, uh, and, and I, I, I can't say I was particularly successful on that day. Um, I remember I, I, I chose an old lady to share the gospel with for the first time. I thought she looked fairly innocuous. She had a, I remember she had a kind of a tweed suit. She looked like a nice old lady. Man, she was full of the devil. When I started to talk about Jesus, something rose up in her, and she started to grill me. She said, well, you brought up as a Catholic. What do you think you're doing? She just ate me. But you know what? (laughs) I overcame my fear. And... um, you know, and, and, and so, like I said, it, 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 I, I didn't show great promise, but you know what? I lost my fear of sharing my faith. I went outside my comfort zone. And like I said, if you want to have something you've never had before, you've got to do something you've never done before. You know, Henry Ford, um, whose people incidentally came from Cork, um, said, failure is only the opportunity more intelligently to begin again. Amen? And so, some of us need to overcome the fear of failure because sometimes this is the only way that you can actually learn. Amen? Because, you know, every day from God is a gift. It's an opportunity, okay? An opportunity to obey God or, or the devil. An opportunity to walk in faith, fear, or the flesh. And like I said, you know, there's been no shortage of, of media propaganda over the last year and a half, and, and therefore I'm not surprised that there are many people in this country that are afraid to go outside their doors. And, um, uh, but you know what, again, every day is an opportunity you, you will choose. It's an opportunity to bless others or to curse them, to sow love or to sow strife and discord. Every day is an opportunity to pursue your plan or God's purpose, which, which will you do? So Galatians 6 and verse 10, as we therefore have opportunity, let us do good on to all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Amen. So let's use every day to do good as an opportunity to do good. You know, because in life we will have opportunities to do good. And in many instances, to those who don't deserve it or have the ability to pay us back, do it anyway in Jesus' name. Amen. Because this is what Jesus did, and we're called to walk in the Master's footsteps. First Peter 2:21. Uh, For God called you to do good, even if if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example, and you must follow in his steps. So how do we follow in his steps? How do we, um, how do, we do this? Well, firstly, we must prepare. Uh, prepare for opportunity. Uh, Peter Drucker, uh, I remember studying him in, in uh, college when I was studying engineering, but uh, uh, he's a British man, but he was a Christian. And he said this, the entrepreneur always searches for change, responds to it, and exploits it as an opportunity. Because it's like the old saying, um, if you fail to prepare, uh, you prepare to fail. And so, prepare for promotion. You know, take a night course. Um, you know, do some online training. Go get some work experience. Even if you have to work for free, just do something. You know, the question is this. Are you looking for opportunities or obstacles? 
Amen? Because this is the problem. Too many people spend their lives and, and they just, they have an, a reason for everything. Why they can't, I can't do this, I can't do that. You know, again, the question is, are you looking for obstacles or opportunities? And just as importantly, are you preparing for them? Because, you know, just identifying an, an opportunity is of little or no use if you're not in a position to take advantage of it. So, again, get out of debt. Um, sign up for Bible school. You know, we're starting in September. It'll bless your life. We've got great subjects, great teachers. And uh, don't give me the thing, well, I've been a Christian for 15 years. Well, you can learn. We can all learn. Amen. Could somebody say, amen, I can learn. Okay. So, uh, you know, read a book, get in shape, improve your diet. These are all steps, um, small steps to um, preparing for your future. Become a better steward of your time and your gifts. Use them to do something constructive. Don't waste your time sitting in front of a TV watching endless box sets. Okay. You know, in prayer, uh, spend some time in prayer because in prayer, we prepare our hearts to hear the voice of God and to do the work of God. And on Unless we pray, we won't be ready. That's why the book of Amos 4.12 says, prepare to meet thy God. And again, a lot of people put that on sandwich boards and point their fingers and they take a very negative um, uh, perspective. Yes, in eternity, you, uh, everyone will, will meet God. But, you know, I, I, I take that as an invitation, not as a threat. You know, some people, like I said, use that verse as a threat, but I, I take it as an invitation, prepare to meet your God. He, he, he wants to meet with you, and it's not talking about the next life, it's talking about today. God wants you to come into his presence. He wants you to have a relationship with him. So again, in prayer, we prepare our hearts to meet with God and to meet with life, because listen, life comes at you fast, and that's why the morning hours are so important. You know, uh, it, it takes some time to spend in, in the presence of God, because, you know, many times it's only afterwards we realize that we were presented with a great opportunity. Um, you know, maybe an opportunity to share the gospel or to show the love of God to somebody, but we didn't take it because we weren't prepared, we weren't ready. And so it's in those early hours of the morning that we, um, uh, as we pray, that we will start to become sensitive uh, to, to the voice of God. You know, it's in those early hours of the morning that we'll pray through some things. So before you even get to the problem, you already have the solution. Amen? And, um, and, and oftentimes you will pray through some things, that, you know, unknown to yourself. But, but it's there you become acquainted with and sensitive to the voice of your father. So again, the question is today, do you know your, your father's voice? Do you know the master's voice? John 7, 29, I know him. Because I'm from him and he sent me, John 10, 12. Even as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. You see, Christ knew the voice of the Father. Do you? Do you know him? Amen. And again, you can only know him if you spend time with him. Okay? So again, uh, do you want to win souls? You know, the Bible says the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. He who wins souls is wise in the book of Proverbs. Are you a soul winner? Do you have a heart to reach people? But the question is this. Well, have you prepared? You, you know, read a tract. Um, you know, carry them in your car. Uh, you'd be surprised at the, how many opportunities you'll have to be able to, you know, give a flyer for church to somebody. Give a, it's got a, sing, a, simple, a simple, you know, salvation message on it. And, you know, invite somebody to church. Even going through the McDonald's drive-thru, I always 
give, I always give them one, you know, and just say, Jesus loves you, give them a big, big old smile. And, um, you know, learn the Romans road. If you don't know what that is, Google it. It's a simple uh, way of sharing the gospel by taking two or three uh, verses from the book of Romans. You know, uh, uh, you know, Breed is here. You know, for many, many years, when I came to college here in Dublin, she, she ran a bookshop in a, in a part, as uh, part of a church on the south side of, of the city. And so many times I, I used to go in, in into that shop and I'd be discouraged from college and tired and, and nobody understood me and, and, and um but I used to go in there and I used to look at all these books by Lester Summerall, Kenneth Hagin, and all these mighty men and women of God. And I used to just get inspired just looking at the, at the covers of the books. But you know, Breed used to give me stacks of tracks. I used to walk away with maybe three or four hundred tracks. And everywhere I went, I was just giving out flowers to people, just walking along the road. And um, I used to lead so many people to the Lord. And, 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 and so, again, if you want to win souls, you need to prepare. Have you studied other faiths? Um, uh, do you know what their objections are to Christ? Um, uh, you know, to, uh, to be honest, most, most cults like Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses have spent a lot more time preparing to share with us than we have uh, with them. And um, so again, uh, the, do you want to be married? Okay, well, have you showered today? <laughs> do you dress well? Um, are you in shape? Um, you know, because God may bring you the, the, the person of your, of, of your dreams, but because um, you look like somebody dragged you through a bush, uh, they may not notice you. Okay, and so that's, that's so shallow, Pastor. Well, that's being real, okay? I'm just trying to be real with you. You need to look after yourself. I'm your pastor. Um, I, I'm trying to help you, okay? So exercise, like I said. Dr- you know, lose some weight. Dress well. You know, guys, dr- dump the shorts and the Star Wars t-shirt. I mean, you look like... You look like a chubby 10-year-old. Why, why are you dressing like a child? And if you, I mean, and if you have Star Wars pajamas, I think you're beyond help, okay? And, and, and you ladies, don't buy into that feminist propaganda, that man-hating stuff. Well, he can love me in my hairy armpits. Well, best of luck. Best of luck with that, okay? I mean, <laughs> I hope you and your cats will be happy. Um, I'm just saying, so I'm not trying to be mean, but (laughs) brush your teeth, smile, okay? Uh, Because the hidden person of the heart is exactly that, hidden. Uh, Because all they can see is the visible part of you for now, and if you're not looking after that part, they may not look beyond it. So prepare for opportunity so that when it presents itself, um, you can grab it. Because again, whenever we see change and uncertainty, there will also be opportunity. And so again, we're living in a time of great change and great uncertainty, but in the midst of that, there's also opportunities. And and like I said, if you're single, don't buy into this fatalistic lie, you know, that all the devil's coming, he did, you know, the antichrist is going to put us all into a wood chipper, what's the use? No, listen, occupy till I come, Jesus said, amen? You know, praise God, the best, the greatest blessing you can get is, is as a single person is to get married. And if you want to stay single, be blessed there as well, that's fine, but I'm just simply saying, you know, as a pastor, we probably have, uh, I mean, we, we, we must have had about 10, 10 weddings this year, and I believe it's an indication of a healthy church that people are falling in love and getting married. Could somebody say... Amen. Hallelujah. So this is Dr. Love trying to help you out here. Um, 
So uh, Sun Tzu, he was a Chinese general from the uh, five centuries BC. He said this, victory comes from finding opportunities in problems. How many of you today put your hand up and say, you know what, I have some problems in my life. Amen, it's, it's okay. It, 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 I'm putting both hands up, okay? We all have problems. But you know, according to what this man is saying, you know, a, a victory in life comes from finding the opportunities in the problems, amen? So again, all of us face problems. I mean, but few of us ever realize the opportunities that all these problems provide us. And so if nothing else, your problems are giving you an opportunity to believe God for a miracle. They give you an opportunity to stretch your faith and to believe God big, amen? If you didn't have, pro if you didn't have problems, you wouldn't necessarily need faith. Amen. So again, um, uh, uh, we can grow in the midst of the tests and the trials of life. And sometimes you grow more during those seasons. Amen. So th these, these problems are simply giving you an opportunity to stretch your faith because sometimes it's about our perspective. Amen. If you can only make an attitude correction, you might be surprised at how quickly your breakthroughs will come. If you will only stop complaining and start praising God. Uh, you know, sometimes our prayer life simply consists of us describing our problems to God. That's not prayer. Amen. Yes, he, he wants to hear you pour out your heart to him. But you know what? We need to come before him with faith because God answers faith. And so, again, too many times we're talking to God about our mountain instead of speaking to our mountain. And that's what the Bible says. Speak to your mountain, okay? If there's symptoms in your body, command them to leave. If problems in your family or devil, take your hands off my kids. You know, use your voice. Speak. Come to God. God with faith in Jesus' name. Because God isn't moved by, by pity or, or sympathy. He loves you, yes. He loves you more than anybody else. But God is moved by faith. Amen? Not by feelings, okay? So anyway, Genesis 32, 27 when the time came for Tamara to give birth, it was discovered she was carrying twins. While she was in labor, one of the babies reached out his hand. The midwife, <laughs> sounds like something out of the exorcist. But, you know, it says the midwife grabbed it and, and tied a scarlet string around the child's wrist, announcing this one came out first, but he pulled back his hand and out came his brother. What? The midwife exclaimed. Um, How did you break out first? And so he was named Perez. And um, uh, another, the King, New King James says, how did you break through? Uh, then the baby with the scarlet uh, uh, string in its wrist was born, was named Zerah. Perez literally means breaking out, amen? You see, we serve a God who specializes in breaking out. He wants to break out in your family. He wants to break out in your, in your finances. He wants to break out in this nation, in Jesus' name. Glory to God. We're going to see God in these days breaking out. And so you might start life at the end of the queue, but God can bring you from the bottom to the top in one moment, amen? He can turn opposition into opportunity and failure into success because faith means we prepare for opportunities even when we don't see any. First Kings 18.44, the seventh time the servant replied, um, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. How ridiculous did Elijah look sending his servant to watch for rain when there wasn't a cloud in the sky and it hadn't rained for three and a half years. Amen? But you see, faith causes you to look for opportunities even when you can't see them. Winston Churchill, a pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity. An optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. Which are you? 
Do you just look for difficulties or are you looking for the opportunities in those difficulties? Because in life, I believe optimism is always a better choice. You know, I don't subscribe to the blind fatalism that says it's all over, our best days are behind us, what's the use in even trying? The Antichrist is going to go and get us all. You know, he's coming for us. No, listen, that's not how it ends. When I read the Bible, that is not how it ends. Read the book of Revelation, you recognize the devil isn't in control. We're not sneaking out of here. We're going out with a shout. You know, the Bible says, come on, give a shout. You know, the Bible says when the children of Israel left Egypt, it says they went out with boldness. Amen. They weren't cowering. They weren't shaking. It says they plundered the Egyptians and they walked out with boldness. They walked out with their head held high. Well, let me tell you something. The days of us as Christians walking around in the shadows, tiptoeing around, hoping we don't offend anybody, walking on eggshells, that's over. It's time to come out in the name of Jesus. Come out of the closet. Stand for Jesus. Walk in the light. Be bold for him in Jesus' name. Amen? Because people are coming out of the closet doing all sorts of crazy stuff. But we need, as the church, we have to come out of the closet. We have to come out and be bold. This is who we are. This is what we stand for. And we're not apologizing to anybody. Glory to Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. So anyway, that's just a lie that says the devil is taking it over. Hallelujah. God's in control. Let's believe God for repentance and revival. Mark 9, 23, if you can believe, all things are possible to those who believe. Let's believe for these restrictions to be lifted. Glory to God. We can have one service, everybody in together in Jesus' name. You see, we must approach the challenges of, of, of life with faith in our heart and the promises of God in our mouth. And you will see your enemies flee every time. Uh, Isaiah 59:19. So they shall fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against them. Glory to God. You and I are part of that standard that God is raising up in this day. Glory to Jesus. You are not a victim. You are a victor. Glory to God. If God be for us, who can be against us? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Victory is ours. Amen. Let's believe that. So prepare. You see, this is the thing. While Goliath was a problem to Saul and his army, he was an opportunity to David. Okay, and so Goliath was an opportunity for David to go from the pasture to the palace, from obscurity to notoriety, from failure to fulfillment, from singleness to marriage. Because how many of you know, uh, Saul promised whoever knocks this guy out, I'm going to give him my daughter. But this is the thing. David didn't need to, to, to practice or to prepare his slingshots. He was already prepared. And so when the opportunity presented itself to fight for his nation and for his God, he was ready. Okay, he had fought to protect his sheep. He had, you know, he had taken uh, the opportunity to fight the lion and to fight the bear. And now this was his biggest opportunity yet. And, and he was an expert with a sling. And so, like I said, when the opportunity came, he just used that sling and he knocked that sucker between the eyeballs and down uh, Goliath came. So in the same way, you might not know why God has given you the particular gifts that he has, but if we will only learn to be diligent where we are with what we have, God will bring us to where we need to be. Because again, we must learn the, 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 the lessons that God has for us and um, where we are. We must prepare. And if we will be 
faithful to prepare, God will promote. Amen. Remember, promotion comes from God. So firstly, prepare. Secondly, press. You know, Mark chapter 2 and, and uh, verse, uh, thank you Jesus. Mark 2 and verse 1. And it says, um, uh, verse 2, immediately many gathered together so there was no longer room to receive him, nor, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. And so when they had broken through, they let him down on the bed that the paralytic was lying on. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. Some of the scribes are sitting there reasoning in their heart, why does this man speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But Jesus, perceiving his spirit that they reasoned, said, um, uh, why do you reason about these things in your heart? See, the Pharisees never received a miracle because they were always reasoning. They were bound up in the realm of intellect rather than faith. And that's why Jesus was able to work with simple fishermen uh, rather than these, these Pharisees who, who knew the scriptures backwards but were utterly unusable to God because they were operating within the realm of the sense. And, um, uh, and, and anyway, Jesus said, uh, but you may know the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed and went out in the presence of them all. So they're amazed and glorified God saying, we've never seen anything like this. And so again, they broke through the roof and you know, these men pressed through the challenges and uh, impossibilities and received a miracle for their friend. And so, you know, how many people came and saw the crowd? and walked away saying there's no hope we'll ever get in there um, but you know what where there's a will there's a way you know we need to press if we want to possess okay and that's why it, it's not enough to prepare you have to press because sometimes the difference between success and failure is something as little as pushing a little harder okay um, uh, Milton Berle said this uh, uh, sorry um, the door of opportunity won't open unless you do some pushing and again, Milton Berle, if opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. Amen? Sometimes we're waiting on God. God's waiting on us. He's waiting on you to do something. Amen? And so there, there, to every miracle, there's God's part, there's our part. And, and like I said, where, where there's a will, there's a way. Where there's not, there'll be an excuse. So take a step, no matter how small, because what you do with, a ter- what you do with opportunity determines your destiny. You see, you use it or you lose it. And, and sadly, many people lose the opportunities God gives them. Ephesians 5.15, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Amen? Make the most of the opportunities that God gives to you. Um, you know, Paul said, I press that I may possess. Um, Philippians 3.12, not as though I'd already attained or already perfect, but I follow after that I may apprehend that which I'm apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I can't not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are before, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus because we must press because some people literally live their lives hiding behind excuses. Uh, Other people get up and make it happen. Um, But you know what? Again, faith or frustration, the choice is yours. But you know, I I choose faith. You know, Luke 14 talks about the all with one accord began to make excuse, saying, I I can't do this, I I have this, I have that, I have the other. No, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to hide behind excuses. I want to stand before the Lord on that day saying, you know what, Lord, I gave it my best. 1 Corinthians 16, 9, because a great door for effective work has opened for me and there are many who oppose me. 
the new living, there is a wide open door for a great work here. And I say that over Dublin. I believe there is a wide open door for a great work here. Amen. Although many oppose me, New King James, for a great and effective door is opened to me and there are many adversaries. Paul understood this. You don't get opportunity without some opposition. Okay? So, so you, you, listen, you don't get opportunity without opposition, but Paul was okay with that. He understood it. He knew the greater one is in him. Bible says, greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. Matthew 20, 31. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet, but they shouted all the louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. How long did they have to shout? As long as it took to get Christ's attention. You see, they had an opportunity and they took it and you know they pressed through the criticism and the taunts and the threats um, until they got what they desired it says Jesus stood still and called them and said what do you want me to do for you so you know afterwards they were hoarse but they were healed amen it, it took some effort there was some effort involved you know uh, Francis Bacon uh, said this a wise man uh, it makes me hungry just even saying his name um, uh, a wise man will make more opportunities than he finds you see success is not an accident and neither is failure because we all have a God-given desire to get ahead because with success comes fulfillment and with failure comes frustration. But don't assume that success will come easy. We have to press through discouragement, criticism, weariness, opposition, and at times, apparent failure. You know, the Irish playwright Samuel Beckett, ever tried, ever failed, no matter. Try again, fail again, fail better. And so again, it's simply exemplifying that principle that we can improve. And even when we fail, we've learned something. Amen. Try again. Press true. You know, the book of Proverbs, you know, talks about this. Proverbs 12, 24. Work hard and become a leader. Be lazy and become a slave. Okay. So we must work hard. Don't assume that success will come easy. You know, Mark 6, 45, I don't have time to go through the whole thing, but it's talking about how the disciples were in the middle of a storm. It says he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. You see, they could have missed their opportunity, but they cried out to Jesus. You see, Jesus was about to pass them by. I wonder how many times has opportunity literally walked right by us simply because we weren't prepared or we didn't press. Don't miss your moment because I I believe it would be tragic in eternity for the Lord, you know, uh, for the Lord to show us that he was present and willing to do a miracle for us, but we didn't possess because we didn't press. We just didn't press hard enough. You know, that when in eternity, that, that I, I don't want to stand before the Lord in eternity and suddenly realize when God plays everything before me that I see that my life was just a long list of missed opportunities. Okay, it takes courage to change. It takes courage to press through. Michael Johnson, pressure is nothing more than the shadow of great opportunity. You know, this is the thing. You know, we should jump at the opportunity to take on more responsibility. Um, because ultimately, this is how we grow and progress. But you might say, but my boss wants to give me more responsibility with the same money. Well, the question is, will you learn some new skills? 
And, and, and if that's the case, then you will grow as an individual and you'll become a more valuable employee. And you may not get the money in this job, but you'll certainly get it in the next one. And so, again, James F. Burns, too many people are thinking of security instead of opportunity. They seem to be more afraid of life than death. And you know, did that ever describe our generation? A generation that is so afraid of dying that they've become afraid of living. Because listen, let me tell you something, you can't go outside your front door without some risk. Okay, and this, this idea of a risk-free existence is a lie. So give me two minutes and I'm finished. You know, when we talk about opportunity, firstly prepare, secondly press, lastly persevere. William Wilberforce, our motto must continue to be perseverance and ultimately I trust the Almighty will crown our efforts with success. Like William Wilberforce, we must persevere with God's plan, amen? He, he gave his life to see slavery abolished in the British Empire. It didn't come easy, but his dogged perseverance, you know, eventually paid off. And this is the beauty, you know, of, of faith. God gives us, he gives us strength to persevere. You know, the Bible says in the book of Romans 4 uh, about Abraham, um, uh, Abraham, uh, he hoped in faith, all reason for hoping God. You know, he, 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 he persevered, he didn't quit. And, and you know, this is why, again, I think it's tragic to see people, you know, giving up on their marriage or, you know, even giving up on life and ending their life tragically because in many instances they don't have faith. But this is what we have as believers. We have faith, we have hope, we believe in a better day and we can persevere. Because let me say this, our circumstances are subject to change. Your life may be tough right now. You may be looking for a job or you may have all sorts of issues going on in your family or your, or your marriage or whatever else. But you know what? Circumstances are subject to change. And if you will persevere, change will come. Breakthrough will come. Amen? Our, our, our circumstances can change. Psalm 27, 13, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. As the worship group come forward, you see... We must persevere until opportunity becomes reality. Until what is but a dream lives. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good and not for evil. You know, God has plans, yes. But you know what? We must persevere if we want to see his plans come to pass. How many people quit on God's plans just on, on the eve of those plans coming to pass? You know, how many people quit um, on God's plan, you know, simply because they give in to discouragement? Because Satan will fight you every step of the way. How can you know if you're in God's will? It's a battle. You know, Psalm 35, his anger endured for a moment, his favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Sometimes we have to go through the long night of the soul. Sometimes it's only at the midnight hour the change will finally come. But if you will persevere with God's plan, you will see his promise come to pass. You see, if you won't quit, the devil will. Hebrews 10.36, you need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. Galatians 6.9, let's not be weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. You know, Charles Spurgeon said this, by perseverance, even the snail uh, reached the ark. Think about it. Think how long it took that little snail just to get up the gangplank. But by perseverance, even the snail made it by God's grace. You know, James 1.4, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Because, you know, ultimately, our goal is Christ-likeness. Amen? You know, our life is a precious gift. It's an opportunity. 
You know, it's a gift from God and one that we willingly lay down in the, in the service of the one who lived and died for us. You see, he died for us and so we must live for him. And so, again, my, uh, a CT stud, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. If you could stand to your feet today. I just want to give you, as I finish, I know I've spoken too long again, but, you know, as I finish, I want to give you an opportunity and it's the greatest opportunity you will ever you know, be given in this life. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your savior, if you do not have peace with God, if you don't have that assurance that heaven is your home and Jesus is your Lord, don't miss the opportunity to receive Jesus as Lord. Don't miss the opportunity to get right with God. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I wanna ask you this question. If this was your final day on planet Earth, and that day will come, Hopefully not too soon, but none of us ultimately know the day or the hour when we will stand before our creator. I want to ask you the question today. Do you have that assurance that heaven is your home and that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life? If you don't, just put your hand up high and I'm going to pray for you today. Amen. You can receive the greatest gift of all. You can receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So don't miss this opportunity. If you've never received Jesus as Lord and Savior, just put your hand up high and I'm going to pray for you today. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody's a believer. Okay, well, could you lift your hands to the Lord today then? And say, thank you, Lord, for the price you paid. Thank you, Jesus, for my life. I repent of missing opportunities, of wasting time, of playing games. Today, Lord, I am determined that I will follow your plan, that I will do your will, that I will serve you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, and with all of my strength. Holy Spirit of God, help me to be sensitive to you. Help me to walk in your way, in Jesus' name. If you believe that, give a shout of praise to the Lord today. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord.